Alright, welcome to the Raz Blitz Podcast. I am your host, Matt Bowie, and I am joined once again by Zach Robinson, uh, the world traveler. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. How are you, Matt? Doing great. How is Ireland? It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I was there for almost a week. Um, we kind of just rented a house out in the middle of nowhere, and Guinness is not my thing, but cider is, and it was a lot of fun. Good. And uh, joining us today uh, from Razball, you all know him, especially on the baseball side, and now he's helping us out on the football side, um, and he's going to talk to us about it today. Rudy Gamble. Rudy, how you doing, man? Doing well. Been uh, hard at work on uh, getting our NFL 2017 off the ground, but it's looking great right now. Good. Yeah, so why don't we just go ahead and get right into it. Uh, Why don't you tell us, um, we're doing kind of a subscription service. Um, Why don't you tell us what that's based around and kind of how it can help the fantasy football player? Sure. So, you know, our goal... And, you know, it started with baseball, and now we're doing football and basketball. It's just to be the ultimate fantasy football uh, player's tool. Uh, We're not looking to uh, take your expertise out of it. Just want to be there, you know, as your wingman and help you make your decisions. Um, So each sport's kind of specific in how you you attack it. Last year, the focus was really getting the projection engine right. So that was a week-to-week kind of tweaking here and there. Um, but it's set up to basically produ- and produce weekly rankings and projections across just about any stat you can think of. Uh, it does include offense and defense, both team and IDP. Um, so we, we built that out. We, have, we built out the player pages. What this year is about is really getting as close as possible to that ultimate tool goal we have. Um, you know, one area we've moved is on team pages. Um, so there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of great football content out there, not going to lie. Um, what we've aimed for on the football side, which I think is unique, is, you know, when we provide things like snap counts, which is on several other sites, we don't just provide what the weeks to date. We're projecting, we're providing our projections for the rest of the season. One of the key things we did is converted our weekly projection engine, which just basically worked for that week, to go forward for the rest of the season. So, it, you know, if you looked at Dallas, what you'll see on the running backs is you'll see zero projections for Ezekiel Elliott um, for the first six weeks. You'll see, and then all of a sudden his ramp up, and you see guys like McFadden go down. Hopefully, mm-hmm. by the time this podcast goes out, Jerry Jones hasn't uh, convinced Goodell to knock it down from six games. But, <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, um, so the. So, you know, so we take everything from snaps, things like rush distribution, target distribution, pass rush splits for um, for uh, yeah, a team, and put that into the team pages, showing you actual and projected. So as the season goes on, you kind of see this kind of flow. Um, you know, that's carried over into the tools where we used to have, you know, last year we had weekly rankings for quarterback, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, you know, with all the projections baked in. Uh, now we'll have that, but we'll also give you kind of a sheet where you can see all the quarterbacks and how they go week one to week 17 uh, to give you a sense of how each player is ranking. And all these tables are sortable and filterable and stuff like that. Um, so I th- think we're getting, you know, to me, a lot closer to that end goal of where we go. Now, it's not just on the roto side. 
the project, you know, we provide projections on the DFS side. We'll be partnering with Daily Fantasy Cafe, uh, who do the, who do our MLB uh, lineup optimizer. So I think on both sides, we're yeah, quite. Uh, I'm quite happy with where we are. Um, and I think the last thing on the projection engine, you know, I think the key learning what we found last year, uh, we did the Fantasy Pros contest. Um, you know, the the bot that does our projection engine actually finished below uh, our lead writer Jay, um, <laughs> showing that you know a person can be machine. Um, now, what I think the key learning and what we found on our projections versus um, a lot of the people in the top ten is that the projection engine surprisingly is a lot riskier. Um, that there's a lot of consensus and kind of groupthink that happens in the you know, across a lot of people that are doing manual rankings. Uh, Groupthink's considered real. You know, groupthink is the negative way of putting it. The positive way is wisdom of crowds. Um, that's what you'd probably hear from, like, fantasy pros. Um, but when you get down to what's really valuable for a fantasy player, it's not like hearing that the wisdom of crowds has Julio Jones going, you know, in the top three every week. Um, the key is who's that breakout guy that's going to come out and don't bury the lead. That's what I need because if I have Julio Jones, I'm going to start him mm-hmm. unless it's a bye week. Um, and that's where I think the projections seem to do best um, because there isn't that bias to see things like, remember last year we'd have like Terrell, Terrell Pryor would show up in the top 15 and he wouldn't be in the top 40 for anyone else. Um, right. And it started as like, oh, there's a bug check, uh-oh. And then at a certain point, I'd look at it and be like, well, no, the math checks out. They got, they're going to be, they're 10 point underdogs, so they have to throw. And they don't have anyone to throw to. So, yeah, and, and so breakout guys like that did really well. They don't get rewarded in, in a fantasy pros contest. Um, so, you know, I, I ba- basically being risky is, um, is poor if that's your end goal, but our end goal is to create really useful tools. Um, so I think that what you're getting out of ours, what you're not in, what you're not getting out of a lot of, um, rankings with fingerprints and people's biases on them is that I think you're getting, um, I think a, a little better chance of finding breakout guys that are going to be on waivers and, or free agents or that other people aren't thinking about. Right. Yeah, so uh, how does that work with rookies that, you know, don't necessarily have, um, you know, kind of a a stat sheet to go on in the pros? Like, how does that work out in the math? Like, the Kenny Galladay's of the world and the the Corey Davis's. Like, how how do they figure into week one? No, I mean, it's great. I think everyone's at a a bit of a disadvantage with that. So, you know, what... Yeah, so the... The way project, the projections work is just, you have a few things. One is you're figuring out the guy's role, and that tends to be found through some public depth charts um, and look, you know, pouring over a few things. So you start with a Corey Davis and say, is he going to be, is he a, a number one receiver on the team? Is he going to get, and you start getting his snap counts. A number one receiver is going to have a baseline of, you know, tends to be targets per snap or something along those lines so you're starting from like maybe a baseline of like you know what's the the worst to expect um and then you're looking at you know like now 
what else goes into protections for a receiver are things like what you know how good is the quarterback what percentage of the targets are going to actually be completed what's the expected yards per uh attempt or you know same as yards per reception you know when it comes down to project the yards um and look at tds uh now for a rookie you know we're leveraging i'm leveraging a lot on expected expected skill set so putting in kind of more or less grades as to how how good a player mm-hmm. is um you know and you know so yeah i think naturally on something like this it's going to be quite bearish on rookies yeah um, but it's going to learn quickly in week one if you know a guy breaks out in week one or two um it it's set up to account for that i think in general um nfl you know like yeah, you know, the last week or two plays a much greater role than it would in a base, baseball or basketball. Um, so it'll learn quickly. For something like touchdowns, I think that'll be one of the quicker ones because there is a – yeah, what we, I've generally found is that touchdowns for receivers tend to skew very much toward uh, the height of the wide receiver and tight end. So, you know, a rookie who's coming in at 6'4", and the rest of his wide receiver crew is midgets, is going to get a, a higher uh, touchdown value in the projection system mm-hmm. uh, than, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect much on that from, from like John Ross on the Bengals because I think, I think he's on the shorter side of a, right. a number one running back or number one wide receiver. So, All right. Uh, yeah, so um, what's – are there any advantages to signing up now as opposed to, you know, like week three or anything, just like with learning to navigate the system or anything? Because it, it does sound like this tool is going to be excellent for our readers and it's really going to give them an advantage. So um, is there any advantages to sign up now? Yeah, I mean, well, you're going to get the week one uh, information so that the pricing doesn't go the pricing. OK, yeah, you know, for full season, you know, you're, you, you sign up at week three. You're just you're paying that same price, but you're not getting weeks one and two. Um, yeah, we, the one thing we are doing is so we, we built the the full season projections out of those seventeen weeks. Um, so that we are that you can go to the site now and see for free. And the team pages we've kept open uh, until until the season starts. Okay, um, or at least closer to it. I might knock it. I might put it behind the, the paywall a week before. Um, but yeah, I think right now it's that you get the, the, you get the biggest bang for the buck if you sign up, um, you know, before week one. Right on. Um, and, and to be fair, you know, um, you know, while it will be, uh, you know, I think the, the, the season long for Roto is only going to be like mirror the baseball price, which is twenty four ninety nine, a bit of a discount if you're a, a, a baseball subscriber. Um, okay. and DFS, you know, is like 120 or so, but, um, we will offer a, a seven day free trial. So if, you know, so if you've got like a tool you like, you want to try out and say, okay, well, let me see how Rasball compares to it. You just do the seven day trial and then, and then that'll give you uh, more than enough flavor. I think that if you've used the baseball tools, you'll know exactly how to use the football tools. If not, it's not going to take, not, not going to take very long to, uh, to figure them out. Right. So um, on the football.rasball.com site, um, 
where can a user click to be able to subscribe or start, you know, messing around with the tools a little bit before they have to subscribe? Yeah, just go to the, the tools section and then click on one of the tools. Okay, um, cool. You can also go to football.brasball.com slash subscriptions. Um, you know, so, you know, what I'll be working on, you know, may be available by the time this podcast goes on is things like, you know, the documentation of what's included in everything. Um, so that, that stuff, you know, as... As I'm finalizing all the tools, that that stuff uh, might be, you know, should get in there. Um, but there's already stuff in there, just saying the general Roto Deluxe and DFS tools. And the only the only difference between the two is that DFS are getting DFS projections as well as the access to the lineup optimizer. But you, with the the DFS premium, you, you you also get all the Roto tools. So if you play both, it's a a great value. All right, so one last question for you, and then we'll let you get out of here. Um, I want to know uh, your number one change from last year to this year that that thinks that you think is the is the biggest advantage that you've created. Um, on the tools, I think it's really um, being able to ride the cross week cross week view. So seeing something where you could see you know, all the running backs and how, what their ranking will be in the, the, the next, uh, you know, throughout the year mm-hmm. and having that set up that it can, that'll update, you know, throughout the week. So it's, it's a, it's a constant living organism. So I think a combination of that and the team pages, you know, I found I use team pages on other sites quite a lot, um, as, as, as part of my research. But, um, I think, I think I've got been able to learn from them and, uh, ideally uh, improve upon those concepts. Yeah, I think the snap count thing is great. I know other sites use it, but I mean, if you're already, if you're already getting your information from Razzball, you might as well um, use our tool because it's, it's just as good as the rest of the tools. If, if not better this year, we'll see. Because, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, and uh, we're really excited about it on the football side. So I want to thank you for joining us, Rudy. And uh, where can we find you on Twitter? At Rudy Gamble. All right. Anything else before you get out of here? No, that's it. I think I, I, I talked uh, talked enough. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thanks. All right. We want to thank Rudy Gamble for joining us. And, Zach, we're going to go ahead and cover the news. Um, so Ezekiel Elliott is going to serve a six-game suspension. Um I, kind of the thing that we all want to know is where do we think that people should draft Zeke um, if he yeah. is to serve the full state, full six-game suspension? So um, where do you have him in your rankings uh, after it's all said and done? Yeah, so first thing today, we're, uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. and he actually filed his official appeal today. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm not really sure what the next plan is. Eventually, they'll, um, you know, hold the appeal. But as of now, I still think he's in my top twenty, just because I, I really do, I really do believe that they're going to reduce the suspension. I highly doubt that Jerry Jones will go down without a fight. He's the, he's the most powerful, like maybe even the most powerful owner in sports in general, not just football. And so I I highly doubt that he'd let his star player go down for six games without 
without a hard-fought appeal. But if if it stays at six games, I still think the production with the remaining, you know, 13 or 14 games or so. Not nah, not 13 or 14 games. That's great math, Zach. But <laughs> with the rest of with the rest of his uh, games in the NFL, he does have that week six bye, I believe. So he also misses week seven. But um, I still think that just the production is there for him. He's a talented running back. He's playing behind quite possibly the best offensive line in football. And you have to ask yourself just pretty much what are you comfortable with? Would you rather take Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott? Would you like that's a little bit low. Like would you rather take in a PPR format as of now Danny Woodhead for a full 16 games or Ezekiel Elliott for miss, missing six games, and so you know, and it really just depends. Uh, I mean, when I wrote when I wrote my article about the whole suspension news, um, a guy commented. He said, "Well, he he's going in my league that I just drafted with the new with the news breaking. He went in the third round, and it really all just depends on your league size and the people that you're drafting with. Some people might not care that he's missing six games. Some people might just not." They might not want to take him at all. So it it honestly just comes down to what you're comfortable with. Um, for me, he's still in my top 20. Okay. Um, so the way I'm approaching it is, is I think that the suspension is going to stay at six games uh, simply because I think the NFL ran such a thorough investigation on it. And um, they're really cracking down on the – the domestic stuff like they have to i mean yeah they have to the females make up uh, a large percentage of the nfl fan base so you can't just show that you don't care about your female fan base by like not um not caring about what happens to these women and and just in the past they completely messed up everything with josh brown and ray Mm -hmm. rice and some people might look at it and say, you know, based on the evidence, maybe six games is too much. But they they have to. Fl- Goodell has to flex his mind. The, the thing is, it was it was three separate occasions, and they're very detailed, yeah. and they have pictures and everything. So I think it's going to stay at six games. So six games for me is so that's legitimately half of your fantasy football regular season, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your league size. So I would probably say I'm not even thinking about him until the fourth round. Um, yeah, because which which I, is still what? That's still top 20, though, right? Or at least four, maybe like 20 to Oh, 25. are we talking t- top 20 running backs? I'm just saying like in the fourth round, that's still, that's still in the range of 20 running backs off the board, right? Yeah. So I would rather have Dalvin Cook than him because Dalvin Cook is a young player with a lot of potential. Um, uh, He's going to be used a lot in the passing game, and he's going to be the three-down back in Minnesota. Uh, So I absolutely would rather have Dalvin Cook in kind of the same uh, fourth round, uh, late third round area as uh, is he as where is he? We imagine Ezekiel Elliott will end up. but unless I just I nail my first three picks with sure things, like I'm I'm not gonna worry about well, I'm gonna have Ezekiel Elliott in the playoffs. Um I 
as long as I've nailed these three picks and I, I go four and two before I get Ezekiel Elliott back or three and three and then I get Ezekiel Elliott back and I put together a win streak. Like anything can happen and I'm not I just don't feel comfortable taking a guy with uh, a six game suspension going into the season. Um yeah. for, for fantasy purposes anyway. I mean Dynasty uh In Dynasty it it changes nothing. It, it changes absolutely nothing. This kid, as long as he stays out of trouble, has another eight, nine years of at oh least God, yeah. uh, a very productive football to play. So uh, six games is just a speck in this, a speck in the dirt. Yeah. So Sammy Watkins uh, <laughs> traded to the Rams. Yeah, it was I, and again I wrote about this too. There were, it was between like on Friday it was. Between I think like noon and twelve fifteen, like in, in a span of fifteen minutes, Elliot was suspended six games. We got complete confirmation that I was sitting at my, I was I was in my uh, my school's journalism room, typing away an article about Elliot to get out to Rasball, and then all of a sudden my brother looks at me, goes he he said Zach, Sammy Watkins just got traded to Los Angeles. I was like, uh. I, I, are you I kidding? I was like, are you, yeah. And so I, I think I texted you and Jay. I was like, uh, guys, I'm, I'm going to need some help here. And then I think maybe five minutes later, it, Alshon is uh, – not Alshon. Jordan Matthews is heading to Buffalo. It, it was it was an insane Friday. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, so what do you think about uh, Sammy Watkins' value now? Or actually, like, what do you think – how do you think it affects all the Rams? So I actually really like this for Gurley. Um, oh yeah, I absolutely do like this for Gurley. It's going to open up yeah. the running game. They can't they can't stack the box against them. A hundred percent. I and I honestly again and we we we're probably going to see this in Jacksonville this year. We've seen it in Kansas City in years past. I think Los Angeles is now officially a team that will probably rely heavily on Gurley, um, work in Watkins every now and then, but mostly rely on their defense. Their, their new, uh, defensive coordinator is now Wade Phillips. Um, and I think they're just going to just pound the rock and rely on their defense. And, and because of that, I think for football, I think it's a great thing that Goff has Watkins. It's a huge upgrade over Tavon Austin. And I just I, – I, I don't – I really don't like Watkins, and I'll tell you why. His schedule is absolutely brutal. Yeah, it's tied for first amongst uh, toughest schedules for wide receivers. He faces Patrick Peterson twice, Richard Sherman twice, Xavier Rhodes – or Xavier Rhodes, Josh Norman – uh, whoever will cover him in Jacksonville between AJ Bouye and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, you don't want problems with either one of those. And fellas. then anyone in New York between Jenkins, Eli Apple, Dominique Rogers, Cromartie. It's oh, and, it's it's and brutal. Goff is and Goff is throwing him the ball. So I unless you want to maybe use a mid to late round flyer on him, maybe I'm overreacting to just a bad schedule. But with that and Goff is has yet to really wow us so far. I just I, I would no. I I watched his first drive uh, of the preseason game against Dallas. I mean, he looked fairly com- more comfortable than he did last That's year. Good. But like it 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 wasn't impressive. Um, 
he just doesn't have enough zip on the ball for me, really. Um, I I don't know. It's it's something about him. Yeah, that and just things can change. Just, this is only his second just, year, but I I totally oh, yeah. understand. It's I just have this feeling that it's not going to pan out. Um, so yeah. Uh, who am I thinking of? <laughs> Jordan Matthews. Oh, are Jordan you, Matthews. Were you th- um, yeah, I'm sorry. Were you thinking of something else to say? Yeah, it was uh, Tavon Austin. Um, so this is this might open up some more room for Tavon Austin. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely could. So, what do you think about his fantasy value with he's, Sammy Watts? He's uh, if you're playing in a deeper league, like 14 or 16 teams, and you're just going to use a late round flyer on him. And just hope and pray that maybe defensive coordinators will ignore him for Sammy. Um, I really don't. You're not getting him, and I, I wouldn't advocate for spending a pick on him in twelve or ten team leagues. Nah, I really don't care what the Rams do with their team. Is uh, as far as Tavon Austin goes, I just I think he's a specialty player, and that really doesn't help us in in fantasy unless you're someone who's really special like uh, Tyreek Hill. But uh, Jay Cutler to the Miami Dolphins. We're I'll kind of skip over Jordan Matthews because he sure. he just got injured, and um, well, I guess we can talk about Buffalo um, as far as Zay Jones. Uh, is concerned so yeah uh, a report came out today actually that he's been lining up on the outside um during practices instead of the slot so it'd be him and i could imagine anquan bolden with uh, a healthy presuming jordan matthews playing in the slot so what do you think about what do you think about this receiving core so i think it's interesting um it was fascinating before this because Joe, I'm going to mess up his last name, but Joe Buscalgia from ESPN.com, who is a Bills beat reporter, he said he wouldn't be surprised if LaShawn McCoy led the team in receptions, even with Watkins. I, yeah, I heard that too. So now Watkins is gone. Um, I don't think that means McCoy is an absolute shoo-in for the most targets or receptions on this team. I just he's just got to stay healthy. He, I just think he's going to be an absolute force, but I, I think we already knew this. Um, in terms of the rest of the core, um, Anquan Bolden now has the most chemistry with Taylor out of anyone else except for, I guess, maybe Charles Clay might be um, equal to him. But um, Anquan Bolden was familiar with uh, Taylor when um, Tyrod was back in Baltimore. And so there's some sort of, you know, rapport with the two. Um, I I couldn't imagine anyone really spending any sort of decent pick on Bolden or Zay Jones. Matthews is a is a different story. He's he probably steps in as the number one receiver just because of talent. Um, we haven't seen full legitimate NFL snaps from Jones, and Bolden is. He's an aging veteran, to put it nicely, and I just I but I don't know where I'd be comfortable with taking Matthews though. I think it's <sighs> it's not it's not the worst situation in the world. I, no. I think it's a downgrade from Philadelphia where. But I don't I, know. I, Tyrod has an arm, and that's I think true. targets I just, could be there for him. It, it's it's really hard to gauge where I would be com- Maybe sixth round, seventh round. I don't. I really don't know. I. I it's going to have to take some time for us to really dig into it and see, well, okay, there's obviously a clear-cut, definitive role 
for him in this offense. And a lot of people might be listening to this and thinking to themselves, you know, well, why aren't we just putting him in where Sammy Watkins is? Well, first off, I, I think Watkins might be a little bit more talented than Matthews, just mm-hmm. of what we've seen from him in the past. Watkins was on a contract year and he had that extra motivation. Matthews kind of steps in and it's just, it's, it's a little bit foggy right now. I'd, I'd like to see some good reports out of him in camp in the preseason to really, you know, get in there and say, okay, this is the true number one receiver in Buffalo. Yeah, no one's really interesting me, interesting me at all in Buffalo as far as drafting. But um, we'll see what happens in real life football. I mean, it, it kind of seems that they're punting the season for draft picks, which is which is fine if you don't think you're going to make the playoffs. Um, they have Miami and New England, obviously, who are on the up and up in the division. Um, but yeah, sticking with Miami, uh, Jay Cutler. Uh, do you think that there's any drop off for like Jarvis Landry, Jay Ajay, or uh, Devontae Parker with uh, Jay Cutler and sure. Ryan Tannehill? Well, actually, I, I I'm not sold that Jay Cutler is going to be the starting quarterback. Ooh, hot take alert! It's I don't <laughs> I don't know if it's a hot. I really I don't know if they're gonna go with. I mean, would you? Would yeah. you go with Cutler over Matt Moore? Yeah, uh, he had his best season in 2015 under, under Gase. Adam Gase. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's a good point. I think, <laughs> and he somewhat has a point that he does not have to be in the greatest shape to play quarterback. Yeah, but I that's so like. He's you he's very your leader under center to be like yeah I'm not in good shape but that's okay I only play quarterback. He's he's very durable. Um, despite his nonchalant attitude, he does play very hard. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I Jay Cutler's very gifted. Um, if if he actually gave a shit, he'd be so much better. Um, but I I don't think that. I'm going to lose any value on these guys like Landry and, and I, Parker. I, maybe a little bit for Landry. Just because as, I think... As far as PPR? Well, that and I just think that... um, Excuse me. um, It's hard because Tannehill was... A lot of his... A lot of his passes were really sort of like just safe over the field... You know, over the middle of the field kind of dump offs to Landry and yeah Landry was an absolute PPR stud Mm -hmm. and I wonder if Cutler will take more chances with it or Matt Moore will take more chances with it and then I wonder if that really is beneficial to Parker because Parker is that down the field threat but I, I I mean it's hard to tell. Um, I still think we're probably realistically should keep Landry around this range. Um, mm-hmm. And then as for Ajayi, I don't think anything has really changed. They're going to get him involved in the passing game and there's, they'll still feed him the ball. So it's nothing yeah, to be concerned about. Essentially for Ajayi, it's just, it's going to come down to his health. Uh, but we're going to see his health. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely Mike Pouncey's health. Um so we're gonna stay in Florida, uh, with your with your boy, uh Leonard Fournette. Ooh. Uh I, yeah. I loved how disappointed you were that I took him in my uh one of my big money leagues. Literally the day after you did this, yeah. uh, reports came out that Leonard Fournette has an injured foot and it sounds like the Jaguars are gonna be careful with him. Which is good. So 
<laughs> so sticking with you, uh, how do you feel about this pick now? You know, I feel about the same, and I know you probably hate me for that, but that is a risk I am willing to take. Um, okay. I, I, I don't think anything changes from this. I think there was a minor scare. They'll just probably be very cautious. So, so what is the injury? I'm not 100% sure. Is it it just seemed like that he, or I don't think they've said anything yet, right? That he just limped off the field anything. and Yeah, I haven't seen he anything. yeah, I think the report was that he limped off the field and they're just going to be really uh, cautious with it. Okay, so when you when you draft Leonard Fournette, you're drafting him because of the volume he's going to get. Yes. He's going to be the center of the offense. So what is the coaching staff saying they're going to be careful mean to you? Does that mean that they're... it's going to be less volume in the regular season or no. just in the preseason? Preseason and training camp. Okay. So which uh... which which will probably mean that they're going to we're going to see a lot of Yeldon and Ivory in camp and preseason, which will probably mean that there will eventually be some sort of report that they're seeing good things out of Yeldon or Ivory, um, just based on the fact that they're just they're going to feed them the ball probably the most in camp, and then everyone's going to be confused, and there's going to be mass panic, and everyone's going to be like, "Well, what about Leonard Fournette?" And then everyone will calm down when they actually you know think about it. Like Christopher Ivory is an okay football player. Leonard Fournette will probably be great. Okay. Well, that's my opinion. I know you I, completely... I, this just backs up what I thought about <laughs> Fournette in the first place. That injury I, prone. I think he's injury prone. Um, yeah. I don't the, think yeah. he is the... Oh, man, it's like... <sighs> we should have a bet at the end of the season. No, we should have a bet now for the All end right. of the season. I say and, he's under a thousand yards rushing. No, I'm saying who do we think will finish? I this is the bet: who finishes higher between McCaffrey and Fournette? I'm gonna take Fournette no, in standard no, and no, PPR. No, 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 no. I want Dalvin Cook. Really? That's the new. That's the new Matt Bowie certified prodigy. <laughs> Not necessarily. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Okay, Who do you I think wanna, is the best rookie running back? I think I think Christian McCaffrey, but I, I, I want to make it fair. Um, well, actually, I, that, I'm hypocritical I want, because I want, okay, I want I want two volume backs. They're both going to be volume backs, and I okay. want to stack them side by side. They're similar. Okay. I'll take Dalvin Cook, and you take um, Leonard well, Fournette it's actually, because it's I'm actually being really hypocritical because I still stand by my belief that. I, and I wrote about it earlier in the summer before the draft that I really do believe Dalvin Cook is the best rookie pure runner. I, I think the situation is better for Fournette because I like Jacksonville's I offensive Both. line versus Minnesota's. I don't. I think Jacksonville's offensive line sucks. Because of Albert or just because – just in general? Well, they got Cam Robinson. <laughs> yeah, but first-round offensive linemen do From- not – perform well historically okay tell that to dallas (laughs) they're they're all freaks in nature well yeah but they were all rookies matt (laughs) (laughs) i'm talking i'm talking about outside of one team okay that's historically speaking and a lot of football people will back me up on this that offensive linemen are not the guys that you put in and expect to have sure. performance in their first season. Sure, aside from the fluke of football 
witchcraft and wizardry that was Dallas. I I do. It's I been do wit- get that. It's been witchcraft and wizardry since the eighties there, and and cocaine too. Oh, oh good call. <laughs> so yeah, I have Dalvin Cook. You have Leonard Fournette. We'll see who we'll finishes. do. We'll do. We'll do a friendly little bet. Uh, standard points, most fantasy points throughout the season. Hmm, interesting. Well, we'll have to revisit this at the end. If we remember. We we won't remember, because something fluke will happen. Like, oh my god, Tom Brady's out for the season. Who cares about <laughs> rookie running backs? Right. Uh, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and talk about draft strategy, because I know you wanted to talk about yes. that. But first, mm. Zach. Yes. How do you collect money for the leagues that you commission? Usually I get just money from my friends, and I just put it in my drawer and I forget about it until the end of the season. Oh, okay. Well, have you heard of LeagueSafe.com? I, no, I haven't up until recently. <laughs> up until recently? <laughs> up until well, let me Let me tell you about LeagueSafe.com. It's a safe and easy way to keep your fantasy funds online instead of being responsible for lost cash. Um, you tell LeagueSafe a couple of easy questions about your league settings, and they take care of the rest. Um, 500,000 people have used LeagueSafe. Uh, the funds that your friends put into uh, the site themselves, are, or you can yourself, uh, are locked for the season. They have an A rating from the Better Business Bureau. So doesn't that sound like a great way to uh, keep your fantasy funds uh, from the risk of being stolen or just it's just lost or, you know, spending it, it on accident if you keep it in your checking account? Well, uh, another added bonus for uh, LeagueSafe.com, uh, they will give you $10 for any new customer added to the league's pot. Um, all you got to do is enter the promo code RASBALL. Uh, you click up on the mic on the radio mic at the top of the site and type in R A Z Z B A L L. That's Razball, and you'll get ten dollars added to your league pot for the year. All right, moving on. Uh, we kind of want to talk about jar- draft strategy a little bit. Uh, Zach, you wrote a, a draft strategy article about wide receivers, so why don't you tell us uh, what you're doing with that position this year? Yeah, so. So the article came out, of of course, um, before, or I mean, after the uh, Sammy Watkins uh, news. But I did, I did end up writing about Watkins and just the whole um, wa- uh, wide receiver position in general. And so the feelings that I get from it this year is kind of the same feelings that we should have gotten two years ago when it was the the the. It was such a weird year for running backs, right? Like, everyone went down with injuries. Adrian Peterson completely, like... No, not that was Adrian Peterson busted his his knee last year. But I just get the feeling that there are so many running backs in the first couple rounds that have incredible bust potential that it might not be... I, I really don't think that this is the worst year to go zero RB, and really emphasize the wide receiver position in addition to quarterbacks and tight ends. I'm going to stop you for a second. What sure. does zero RB mean to you? Sure. Is that so, zero running backs in the first three in the rounds? In five or, rounds. In the first five rounds. Okay. So ideally you're getting three receivers. 
a tight end and a quarterback. Preferably mm-hmm. Rodgers and Brady and preferably Kelsey and Gronk, but you can't, you know, you can't get everyone. But and I think this works better in any sort of three receiver or, you know, two receivers and a flex that can be a receiver in any sort of PPR leagues where and I think again it also works better in 10 team leagues where you're looking more for the difference makers at each position. And I just, off the top of my head, and the reason why I say this is because, again, I just, I look at running backs like, you know, Jordan Howard and Jay Ajayi and DeMarco Murray and Devonta Freeman, and I just think that there's a lot of bust potential for these backs. You know, Ajayi's pretty much whole year might be based on if Mike Pouncey is healthy or not. Jordan Howard might be in one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Um, Devonta Freeman just got paid, and they st- and Tevin Coleman still hasn't, still won't go away. Demarco Murray is ha- has a lot of wear and tear on his knees and just his whole legs in general. And Derrick Henry won't go away. Just I just find myself having a whole bunch of issues with a lot of running backs. Whereas mm-hmm. when we talk about later round running backs, such as you know, Paul Perkins, or I'm trying to think, like Dalvin Cook might even fall, and he's more mid to late ra- uh, round. Um, Legarrette Blunt is running behind quite possibly one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Um, Amir Abdullah is it might be the bell cow in Detroit. Like we we talk about all these late round running backs, and. I, I like them a whole lot more than I do the mid-range and even some of the earlier picks, you know, without the top three, you know, McCoy, David Johnson, and Lev Bell. And so it really just all signs point to, um, you know, emphasizing wide receivers early and often, which, again, also I think I mentioned this in in both the article and beforehand, there are 16, 15 or 16 situations in the NFL and – 15 and 16 teams that either have you know a running back by committee or it's not clear who the lead back is going to be or there's some sort of like a whole mess of a running back by committee like we're looking at um Seattle where it's not a given that Eddie Lacy is going to be the starter and there's been great reports yeah. from Thomas Rawls we're looking at New England where Dion Lewis is listed as the number 1 running back in drafts and Mike Gillisley is still bully- is still you know, it's not given. No one's fully committing Joe Mixon to being the first, to, you know, for being the primary running back. And Jeremy Hill, you know, is still there. Gio Bernard is still there. Like, and the reason why I talk about this so much is because if we're if we're talking about opportunities and running back by committees that haven't been decided yet, there's going to come periodically during the season where there might be a change in who's the lead running back. Zach Zenner might replace Amir Abdullah in week four because the Lions are, have just been fed up with Abdullah. Um, Derek Hen- DeMarco Murray could get off to a rough start and Derek Henry could fill in as the lead back. Like, Why would we invest so heavily on so many early running backs when, we'll, when we can get quality starting running backs off of the waiver wire in week three or four? Well, I can answer that question for you. Sure. When you're talking about kind of like the Ty Montgomery's and the Amir Abdullah's and, you know, players that are 
playing for teams that throw a lot, yeah, you have to realize that the Green Bay Packers finished second in passing percentage plays last year. Uh, So Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams, that's why they're not valued at all in drafts. And, I mean, Amir Abdullah, the Detroit Lions, finished third in passing play percentage last year. Um, So they're just not giving the the ball to the running backs. And Detroit, I mean, you want to have Amir – you want to have – Theo Riddick uh, as, as a PPR guy over Definitely. Amir Abdullah. Um, but I think the value that comes with the, you know, the top six running backs when we're talking about Bell, Johnson, Howard, Ajay, Freeman, um, Ezekiel Elliott, if he gets a suspension, ugh, suspension reduced at all, uh, it's pure volume. And yeah. I mean, any NFL player can get injured. Uh, running backs are a little more prone to it because they are getting more touches. They're being tackled more. It's just common sense that they're more injury prone. But the opportunity is always there for them to score. Um, so, yeah, I think that's – I think when people I, – I, I like it myself. Like, I like volume guys. I do play in a lot of leagues where you get, you know, a quarter point per touch or something like that uh, for a running back, which is an interesting way to play. Like if you, if you want to play high yeah, points for quarterbacks, I, I can tell you about it later. I mean, that's uh, that's how we do a lot of our home leagues. Is we give uh, an extra point. It make it makes it fun. But yeah, volume guys that equals points. Um, you want volume receivers. You want volume running backs. So that's why I think they are valued so much. Um, as for the strategy, um, I am cool, and I'm probably going to implement a no running back strategy in some of my shallow, shallower leagues. Yeah, it works best it, in the 10-team right. format. I think I'm comfortable without a running back until the fourth round because sure. the, third, the third round is really ugly this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it really is. It's like Lamar Miller, Dixon, McCaffrey. I love McCaffrey, but I mean, it's it's a risky pick. Yeah, there's a lot way. of like like Spencer Ware and Carlos Hyde are still being drafted in the third and fourth round. Like that that right. should not happen. So I would much rather if you have a flex spot. Um, I'm not a huge take tight end early guy. But, uh, I am uh, when it's the right player. It's not Gronk for me this year, man. That that back. I, I understand that. I think you can spend Travis, an Travis early. Kelsey, yeah, I think you can spend an early pick on Kelsey. I am perfectly fine with as of now Jordan Reed, and I love Jimmy Graham this year. Yeah, I do love Jimmy Graham, but I don't think you have. But to you're spend right an early there pick. because they're like going maybe like fifth and sixth. Yeah, I don't think you have to spend an early pick on Graham. Um, but going getting back to it. I would have no problem taking three prime wide receivers. Say you go um, Julio Jones or Odell in the first mm-hmm. if you're if you're high enough. Um, take maybe Ty Des- or Dez. Ty Dez DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. in the in the second, and then uh, who's available in the third? Maybe. Uh, all it Sean used Jeffrey. to be, yeah. It used to be Watkins. That would have been a perfect range for him. I would say, yeah, not Alshon no more. <laughs> or 
Devontae Adams, Terrell Pryor, depending on the league size, they might fall. Right, and then you can then you can end up with the Dalv- you can end up with the Dalvin Cooks, the Paul Perkins, and I'm perfectly comfortable because those guys are going to be volume guys. Oh yeah. So so yeah, as long as we're as long as we're not going into the fifth round without a running back, like I am perfectly comfortable uh, not taking running back. Yeah, there's a lot the- of there's a lot of high upside options later on in the draft, and if you know some people might be listening to this and thinking to themselves, you know, th- this sucks. I don't I don't want to I don't want to go this long without a running back. I still think there are a lot of high upside later round receivers. I think there's names like you know Martavis Bryant. I think is the poster child for mid to late round high upside receivers. His he's going right now towards the early sixth round. Um, I think we're, we're names- forgetting the thinking of other names like uh the best receiver in all of football kenny galladay um i don't i don't like to talk about um myths <laughs> and then no i think my i think i told you this off the air but just for the people listening i think my favorite tweet of all time this guy tweeted out he said um fantasy football wide receiver rankings according to uh, according to nfl twitter and it was like number one kenny galladay number two martavis bryant number three antonio brown and it was like oh my god kenny galladay is being hyped up so much and it, it will only rise more and more if he starts to like legitimately produce in the next couple of um preseason he games. did legitimately produce no he i'm saying like touchdowns. if he continue i'm saying if he continues to do so of course he's going to he's the best receiver in football <laughs> <laughs> no no uh i i'm just i'm on the hype train uh no I, you you made excellent points in the article that you that you quoted that i quoted you on like no. <laughs> yeah and no I, uh I, I'm comfortable with Kenny Galladay anytime after the tenth. After 11th. the yeah, after the top one hundred, I'm yeah. comfortable with Kenny Galladay. I think there are some other um, actually good um, later round flyers with names like um, Jameson Crowder. I think he's going yeah. right now in the eight in the eighth round. Um, I think he has some legitimate upside. Um, oh, absolutely. Willie Sneed, I think, is a perfect um, later round receiver. Um, he's gonna be. He's gonna end up being drafted in the top thirty. Right now, his ADP's in the eighth round. So I. I so what? How as far as wide receivers where is that 34 i think he is going to come down into the top he should i mean i'm gonna draft him as a top 30 wide receiver like i am i'm not passing on willie sneed this year i'm I'm willing to i'm willing to overpay for him yeah yeah but also too matt don't act like you like don't act like me and that you liked willie sneed before Harmon came on here i did (laughs) i wrote about him before i absolutely i Harmon didn't come on before I released my NFC South and go back and read my NFC oh, South. Oh yeah! Oh oh oh! Interesting. Oh yeah! No 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 no! You're right. You're right. I I'll I'll, I'll let you get that one. I'll let you get that one. But um, <laughs> I'm not. I was just uh, pimping out the Harmon podcast. Like oh, I'm, oh my god! I'm oh by god. no. How, I'm by no means letting not? him inf- or letting him sway my opinion on anything. <laughs> He's not a Terrell Pryor fan. I still love Terrell Pryor, so by no means is That's Matt Harmon true. swaying my opinion. That's true. That's true. I'll, um, yeah, you, you know, you know, yeah. No, you're right. Um, I also think two more names. Um, ben King just wrote for the people that follow him. I think he goes by Bank, right? 
Benk. It, I think yeah, that's Bank, how you pronounce it. Bank. Um, uh, ben King just wrote a great piece. Everyone should go check it out on uh, football.rasball.com. But um, he wrote about Pierre Garcon, and I think he's a he's right now the 37th uh, receiver off the board. He's the mid ninth, and again, I think another name that people should. He's. I don't know why he's being drafted so late. Um, Cameron. Meredith. Um, he's he's going. Uh, Cameron Meredith. I could care less for. But oh, Pierre. Come Gar- on. Pierre, you, what's, what's your way, done what in the league? He's, what's he done he's, the he's been better than Kenny Galladay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm um, not. I'm not saying I'd rather have Kenny Galladay than Cameron Meredith, but. I, I think, would much I rather have he, Pierre Garcon. He produced I'd, with Alshon still there. Alshon is no longer there. Everyone else on that roster are absolute all-stars from 2012 and 2013. They got, like, Kevin White has not proven himself. They, yeah, like, yeah. Marcus Wheaton isn't going to push him for the job. Well, he has broken finger now. That's I mean. true. I, I just think he produced with, um, with, um, Go Brian back Boyer. and look at his game logs. I mean, he, he had a couple games. Yeah, and I, he had a couple games, and I think you're paying for. And he's now the third. He's now a third year wideout, which is Pierre Garcon is much more consistent. Sure. And I think I, there's a better opportunity, but I still think both wideouts are exceptionally great late round flyers. Ah, fuck that, Karen, Cameron Meredith stuff. I, I'm not, I'm not drafting. No, I, no, I but like, Pierre I like Garcon. Garcon though. I, I really like, and I think if, if you're looking for one certified Razball player that everyone can agree on, I think it's Pierre Garcon. Yeah, absolutely. Like Ben, ben King, you know, Ben likes him. We like him. I think Jay likes him. T Hole probably. Like if you, like if you went up to T Hole and you're like, we'll, we'll find out in early September when yeah. T Hole. Like it, <laughs> like if if you went up to T Hole now and you asked him about Pierre Garcon, he'll probably be like, mm. and that, that's the if if, <laughs> if is, anyone can after? get the if anyone can get the T Hole grunt of approval, that's how you know they're legit. And I think Pierre Garcon gets that approval. All right, man. Anything else? Um, I think there. I think there are only really two names that I'm try- that I'm trying my best to stay away from in 2017, and that's Brandon Cooks and Allen Robinson. Wow, I did not think you'd say Brandon Cooks. No, I, I I still can't believe he's on the Patriots. I think in I mean I don't know how the NFL let us get Brandon Cooks. I think Brandon Cooks is going to be a Stud, but I don't think he's going to be a stud in fantasy. They're just like oh, you know, like there are way too many mouths to feed in New England. Like they've still got Edelman, they still got Gronk. Brady's not going to ignore Hogan or Malcolm Mitchell or Danny Amendola. They got Dwayne Allen for crying out loud. He's serviceable. They're probably going to roll out more two, you know, two tight end uh, sets. They still got James White out of the backfield. And you Absolutely. and you're expecting Cooks now to keep the same. He's going. He's going in the second round, Matt. Yeah, That's it's absolutely in, that ridiculous. Is, that is, and it's ludicrous. based. It's based on plays from uh, Week when they're playing in shorts. I That's mean, true. Th- yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, people are seeing Matthew Barry's tweeting out these amazing Brandon Cooks oh, catches in the end zone at the Jaguars joint practice. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, everyone looks fantastic in shorts. No, you make whatever. You make exactly, exactly. Well, we can find you on uh, Twitter at Razball underscore Zach. Uh, what do you have in store for us this week? 
So I finished up a tight end preview article, and I am almost done with an AFC West preview article. And then you know we'll be pushing out our top 200 rankings, and Ooh-wee! probably, <laughs> probably. Um, I mean, the next week is like draft week for us, right? We're doing yeah, the ra- we we're doing the industry duds. Draft podcast i think we might be doing something for that um uh, jay yeah, might be doing are. let me tell you about it okay Matt. well go, go ahead go ahead matthew we are going to do a live draft or uh a podcast while we draft live um live Not over the entire the thing though right like we're probably just going to be doing like a couple rounds right <laughs> well we'll do we'll do an hour and a half or something yeah we'll see stop how, see how we want to see see how far you're right <laughs> and, uh, they can't but make we're us gonna do anything we're gonna have Mike Maher on. Is I that think how you pronounce like, his last name? Maher Maher. I, I had no idea. I, he's. We gotta ask him about it because it, it might and, even be Mayor, like like Bill Maher, like Mike Maher. Like I don't know. Right, and then we're gonna have uh, Justin Mason from Friends with Fantasy Benefits joining us as well. So it'll be fun to talk shit with those fellows. And then literally the day after, we're gonna record a uh, Rasball Writers podcast. I think it'll be a lot of the uh, different Rasball writers. Uh, I think T Hole is gonna join us. Jay is gonna join us, and whoever else is on board. I don't know Ben, Evan, or whoever. No, I'm but- sorry. The the I'm sorry to interrupt. The the Writers League draft is this Thursday. Is not. It got pushed back because me and my oh, wife's did? anniversary is on Thursday. Oh, so I told Jake to draft that day. Thank you. So what are we? Do you know when we're doing the Riders League draft? Yeah, it's uh, the twenty fourth at nine p.m. Oh, my, my time. It'll be ten year time. Oh, so yeah, interesting. Okay. Check check fan tracks, bro. It's updated. Uh, I only check that for my league that I commission. Right. And you can find me on Twitter at Rasball underscore MB. You should join my uh, RCL league. I still have plenty of spots open for you. Me too. Uh, And uh, don't forget to go to www.leaguesafe.com and uh, go ahead and commission your league through there as far as your prizes go. It it is a $250 minimum, but you can get $10 added to your league's pot. Uh, just click on the radio mic at the top. The promo code is RASBALL. And I think that's all we have for you today. We got it done. All right. See you later, folks.